This message is brought to you by the Tabernacle Baptist Church in Hickory, North Carolina. If you'd like to learn more about our ministries, we encourage you to visit us online at tabernaclehickory.org. That's tabernaclehickory.org. You can find our sermons on a number of platforms, including Apple iTunes, YouTube, and Sermon Audio. We trust that God will use this message to speak to your heart. Colossians chapter number one this morning. We'll begin our reading in verse number one. The word of God says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God and Timotheus, our brother, to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ, which are at Colossae, grace be unto you and peace from God, our father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to God and the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love which ye have to all the saints, for the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof ye heard before in the word of truth of the gospel, which is come unto you as it is in all the world, and bringeth forth fruit as it doth also in you, since the day ye heard of it, and knew the grace of God in truth. As ye also learned of Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is for you a faithful minister of Christ, who also declared unto us your love in the Spirit. For this cause we also, since the day we heard of it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that ye might be filled with the knowledge of His will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Strengthened with all might according to his glorious power unto all patience and long suffering with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father, which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. I'll be very honest with you, there are so many places I'd like to park this morning in this chapter and in these verses that we've read. Certainly we have just come through the Thanksgiving holiday and so much to talk about in our gratitude towards the Lord and gratefulness, thankfulness mentioned here. But if you're in the habit of marking things in your Bible, I want you to go to verse number 10 and I'd like you to mark these two words, walk worthy, walk worthy. Paul says that you might walk worthy of the Lord. Now, what are we talking about when we're talking about walking worthy? We're talking about our manner of life. We're talking about the things that we do, the things that we say, the places that we go. We're talking about the things that we're giving ourselves to. Which way are you walking? The Bible says, can two walk together except they be agreed? What are we talking about walking? We're not talking about walking, physical walking. We're talking about making our way through this world. How do you make your way through this world? What course do you take? What path do you take? What are you doing along that path? We're walking. Let me pause here just a moment and say this. If you know Christ as your Savior, you are walking. If you have never repented of your sin and by faith trusted Christ as your Savior... The Bible says that you are dead in your trespasses and sins, and dead men do not walk. Dead men do not 
do not move. They are dead in their sins. And so as we know Christ is our Savior, we're walking through this life. We, we are journeying through. And by the way, when we're talking about this walk, I want you to know that the destination is going to be glorious. We already know that. We don't have to worry about the destination. God has all of that taken care of. But in the here and the now, we are to walk. And we're not just to walk, but the Bible says we are to walk worthy. And so, in just a few moments this morning, I'd like to give us some things, some truth from the Word of God concerning this idea of walking worthy. I'll give you three things this morning. We'll get right into it. First of all, I'd like to give you the approach to walking worthy. The approach to walking worthy. Look at verse number 9, if you would, please. The Bible says, For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that ye might be filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that ye might walk worthy. So there is something that precedes walking worthy. There's a way that we are to approach walking worthy. And what is that? Well, he says in verse number 9, if you look there in the middle of the verse, he says, And to desire that ye might be filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that ye might walk worthy. Can I say to you and to me this morning that if I'm going to walk worthy, and by the way, we'll define as we move along, we'll define more and more of what that means exactly according to the Scripture. But I want you to know that, that if we're going to approach this thing in the right way, we must approach it with a knowledge of the will of God. Now, here's the, here's the interesting thing about that. If you've been in church at uh, very many years of your life, if you're someone like myself who's grown up in church, let me tell you, I've, I've heard endlessly about lots of things, and one of those things is the will of God. We talk about it constantly, don't we? We say things like this, Lord willing. But by the way, we should. The Bible commands that we're to speak that way, if it's the Lord's will. We talk about the, the will of God. Young people, young people talk about the will of God. What is the will of God for my life? What's the will of God for who I'm going to marry? The will of God for where I'm going to go to college? The will of God for, for what kind of career I'm going to enter into? And we talk endlessly about the will of God, but I want you to know that the will of God is one of the most misunderstood things in, our, in all of our talking about the will of God. What is the will of God? Well, I have to understand this, that if I'm going to walk worthy, if I'm going to walk, if I'm going to live this life the way that God wants me to live it, I have to do so in His will. It's all about the will of God. Hold your place here, if you would, please, and turn to the book of Ephesians, chapter 5. Forward just a few pages in your Bible to Ephesians, chapter 5. Look at verse number 15, please. The Bible says, seeing then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Go back to verse number 15. We see that, that Paul, who's the writer to the, to the church in Ephesus, uses the same terminology here. Verse number 15. See then that ye walk circumspectly. Not as fools, but as wise. 
Wherefore, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. What Paul is saying this, if you're going to walk circumspectly, if you're not going to walk foolishly and carelessly through this world, if you're going to walk and you're going to journey through this life in a wise manner, then you must do so knowing what the will of the Lord is. And I want you to know that this morning, I think we complicate the will of God beyond anything that God ever intended for us to do. It's not complicated. Look, I've lived in frustration. I've lived, you know, thinking. I told my dad one time, I said, Dad, I am, I am able to handle it if God will simply just go audible. It'll scare the daylights out of me. But I just want to do what, and honestly, from a sincere heart as a young person, I did just want to do what God wanted me to do. I only wanted to, to, to do the thing that God had planned for my life. But, but I, was, I was so confused, I had so complicated the matter that I, I said, look, in frustration, just talk to me. It doesn't work that way. And a, and a godly father came with, with a response that I really didn't want. But he said, Daniel, where's the faith in that? Okay, you win. <laughs> where's the faith in that? What is the will of God this morning? Can I tell you that there is an unknown will of God? There is an unknown will of God. There are things about my future that I don't understand, but here's the great, here's the great truth. I don't need to understand them because, because, though there is an unknown will of God, there is to me a known will of God. And God always takes me, listen carefully, God always takes me from the known into the unknown. But I will never walk into the unknown in His will if I am not currently following His known will. It's His known will. This is the thing that I am to be concerned with. Galatians chapter 1 and verse number 4, who gave Himself for our sins that He might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God our Father. Listen, it is the will of God our Father that we be delivered from this present evil world. That is the will of God. There's no doubt about it. 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse number 9, the Bible says, The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish. Let me pause just a moment right here and say this morning, if you are sitting in here, if you're listening to the sound of my voice, and you do not know the Lord as your Savior, I can tell you upon the authority of His Word, it is the will of God that you come to know Christ as your Savior. It is His will. And just as I as a Christian cannot move from the known will of God into the unknown will of God, you will never ever move into the known will of God from your life past salvation. You must come to know Christ as your Savior. You say, well, there's, there's so many questions. There's, there's so much doubt that I have. There are certain things that I don't understand. May I say to you, I've been saved for nearly 30 years. I've been a Christian for nearly 30 years. In those 30 years, I've listened to sermons and sermons and sermons. I've read Bibles. I've read my Bible. And there are so many things I don't understand. There are, there are many questions that I'm going to have entering into heaven. And throughout all of the ages to come, God is going to be able to answer all those questions for me. But listen, in the here and the now, God is not interested in any of that. He's interested in my faith. Do you believe? And there was a moment in my life where I put all the questions to the side and I said, I'll get answers to those when the time is right to get answers to those. But for now, I know one thing, and that is this. I am a great sinner. Christ is a great Savior. That's it. 
It is the will of God that we know him as our Savior. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse number 15, For so is the will of God that with well-doing you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. What is the will of God for my life? If you're a believer this morning, it is the will of God that through your well-doing, you'll put to silence the ignorance of foolish men, that you will live an appropriate life, that you live a, a God-honoring life, and in so doing, others will see Christ in your living, and they'll put to silence all of their ignorance, all the things that they have to say. That's the will of God. What is the will of God for my life? Acts chapter 13 the Bible says, for David, after he had served his own generation by the will of God. It is God's will that we serve our generation as David served his. 1 Thessalonians 4 and verse 3, for this is the will of God, even your sanctification. It is God's will that we are set apart from this world, that we are not part of this world. Yes, we live in the world, but we are not of the world. That is the will of God. 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 18, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God. You see, what I'm saying is, there is a known will of God. You say, I want to know what God's will for my life is. All right, open the pages of Scripture. There is His will. But here's the interesting thing. Be very cautious. Be very careful. Because when you open the pages of Scripture and you find the will of God for your life, if you are unable, excuse me, not unable, unable if you are unwilling to obey His will, known will, you will never be led into his unknown will. God says, here's what I want you to do. You see, there's a, there's a great promise that I'm given in Romans chapter 8. It's a great promise. The Bible says that all things, no, stop, it says, and we know, and we know that all things work together for good. To them that love God and to them who are the called according to His purpose. You see, there are things in this life that we cannot understand, we cannot explain them. The human mind cannot comprehend and cannot analyze and break it down and, and write it down on paper just how this happened. It, but God knows. You say, how in the world does a young man end up as a missionary on the foreign soil? Did God come to him at night in a dream? Did, did God put a banner in the sky out of the clouds saying, I want you to go to Uganda? If you see that, keep it to yourself. How, how does God, look, how, how do I know that I'm in the will of God. Here's how I know I'm in the will of God. I know that I am being obedient to the known will of God in my life. Everything that God has taught me, everything God has shown me, I am fully surrendered to that and I am obedient to His will and I put the rest of it in His hands and Romans chapter 8 kicks in and all things work together for my good. I can't explain it to you. I, don't, I can't make 2 plus 2 always equal 4. By the way, if we could, that is not the faith life. And God says, this is my will. And look, if I'm going to walk worthy, if I'm going to journey through this life the way that God wants me to journey through this life, then first and foremost, I must know His will and I must be surrendered to His will. This is our approach to walking worthy. There's a second thing. Not only the approach to it, but the action of walking worthy. The action of it. Look at verse number 10. That ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. So there are three things that are given to us here. First of all, 
The Bible says being fruitful. And it's being fruitful in every good work. As I'm taking my journey through life, as I am walking, how do I know that I'm walking worthy? Well, I have submitted myself to knowing and, obey, and obeying the will of God, and in so doing, I'm becoming fruitful. My life is earmarked by the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. These are all things that are... are that are being visibly seen through my life, being fruitful. May I ask you, are you a fruitful Christian? Now, look, let's just be honest with each other, okay? No pretense. I said to Mr. Odom not too long ago, I said, you know, we don't, we don't work at this, I don't think, and, and I don't even think that we do this on purpose, but when we come to church, there's always an air, isn't there? We always put on church. Be honest, you're looking at me like, no, I don't. <laughs> All right, I'm the only one that does it. We put on church, right? We shouldn't have this pretense. Look, none of us want to be where we are. Always and forever, I'm wanting to be a better Christian. I'm wanting to, to, to be more faithful to my Lord. But the question is this, do you have fruit? Do you have fruit in your life? Is love evident? Is peace evident? Is long-suffering evident? We're to be fruitful people. The Bible says in the Gospels, uh, Jesus said, Herein is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit. God is literally glorified in my life as, as a believer. I am bearing fruit. As, as I am growing up into the, to, the, to the stature of the fullness of Christ, the more I am like Jesus, the more God is pleased and the more He is glorified in my being a fruitful Christian. Look, this is the action. This is the nuts and the bolts. This is where the rubber meets the road of walking worthy. There's a second thing he says here. Verse number 10, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Look, this is not complicated stuff. This is simple. These are things that, that we could teach to uh, an elementary Sunday school class, but I want you to know that walking worthy is, is not a complicated task. First of all, are we being fruitful? Am I bearing fruit in my life? Secondly, am I increasing in my knowledge of God? Do I know Christ better today than I did a month ago? It's simple. Now, He is, he is so much more wonderful than I could ever imagine. He is beyond my comprehension. I will never, ever in this life fully grasp who Jesus Christ is. Pastor Sexton used to say it this way, that the Christian life is the unending pursuit of Jesus Christ. It is the unending pursuit. I'm constantly pursuing Him, but I will never fully in this life understand who He is. I'll never fully understand what He's done for me, but I'm to pursue it. I'm to pursue after that. I'm to know Christ more and more, deeper and deeper. And may I say to you that, that if, if a, a church service is something that's not worth us attending, we cannot say that we are serious about knowing more and more of who God is. I don't mean to be unkind, but listen, the Christian who desires to know Christ desires to hear the preaching of His Word. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. If I'm going to grow in my Christian life, then I'm going to be in church. Look, if I'm going to grow in my Christian life, then I'm not just going to, I'm just going to attend the church services. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to get in the book. 
Because I want to know who Jesus is. I heard many, many years ago a man say, every time you open the Bible, you open the mind of God. That intrigued me. I thought, is that really true? I thought about that. Yeah, that is true. Every time I open the Bible, I open up the heart of God. You want to know what God's thinking? You want to know where the heartbeat of God is? Get in His Word. I'm going to increase in my knowledge of God. By the way, I'll never walk worthy if I'm not. So I'm bearing fruit. I'm increasing in my knowledge of God. There's a third thing. Verse number 10, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might, according to His glorious power, unto all patience and longsuffering, with joyfulness. So the action of walking worthy is being fruitful, it's increasing in knowledge, but it's also an understanding that I am strengthened with all might. Here's the great, here's the great conundrum, the great perplexity of walking worthy. Though I walk, I do not walk in my own strength. I'll never walk worthy in my own power. It is only through the strength of the Spirit of God that I am capable, that I am able of walking a path that God says, that is a worthy path. That is a worthy walk. And he says in verse number 11, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power. What does that mean, according to his glorious power? It means you have access. Look here, please. You have access to every bit of power that Jesus has access to. And when you think about that, when I think about that, I'm so convicted at the powerless life that I live. You see, I want to walk in my own strength. I want to, look, I would never say this out loud to God, but but my flesh wants to take control, and I, want to, and, and I really want to say, I've got this. I can handle this. But Paul says, it is only according to his might that we walk. I'll guarantee you this. If you're walking in the power of your flesh, you're not walking worthy. If I'm walking in the power of my flesh, if I'm accomplishing with my life, even in God's work. Hey, here's the convicting part. Even in God's work. When I'm accomplishing what only I can accomplish, God in heaven says, you're walking, but you're not walking worthy. It is only by His strength, it is only by His power. This is the action of walking worthy. And that brings me thirdly to the attitude of walking worthy. What's the approach? The approach is that it must be in His will. I must know and be obedient to the will of God. Not, not worrying about the unknown will of God. Not worrying about that. God will take care of that. Being obedient to the known will of God in my life. The action of walking worthy, I'm fruitful. I'm increasing in my knowledge of God. I'm relying upon His strength and upon His might because I cannot ever do it. And then the third thing is the attitude of walking worthy. I would say that most Christian people have the wrong attitude when it comes to this idea of walking worthy. And here's where it leads to. One of two places. It either leads to great pride. Great pride. Hey, do you see how I'm walking? Do you see how I move through this life? Did you know that I went to visitation on Tuesday night? Did you know that? Were you aware? 
Did you know that I tithe Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night? By the way, by the way, by the way, don't miss. Look, none of these are bad things. These are all very good things. These are all appropriate things. Did you know that I did this and I did that? And because of that, look at the worthiness of my walk. And we walk around with pride. The other great error is inadequacy. Oh, I'm just so unworthy. I just, I'm such a wretch. God could never, ever use me for anything because, the, and I fail here and I fail there. And we have an unhealthy and an incorrect attitude towards walking worthy, and it leads either to pride or it leads to inadequacy. So what is our attitude to be? I've written this down in my Bible. I do not walk in order to be worthy. I do not walk in order to be worthy. He has made me worthy. Therefore, I walk. There's nothing I'll ever do to impress God. There's nothing that I'll ever do. No activity, no worthiness of my own is ever going to get God in heaven to stand and applaud and say, isn't Dan Schatz wonderful? Does everybody see how worthy he is walking today? No, the one thing he applauds is the death of his son upon the cross. And he sees that work and he says, that is worthy. And it alone is worthy. Charles Spurgeon said, God is so boundlessly pleased with Jesus that in him he is altogether well pleased with me. God is so boundlessly pleased with Jesus. Whoa, whoa, God's not boundlessly pleased with me? No, I'm a wretch. I'm a sinner. God is not at all boundlessly pleased with me. But he is so pleased. He is so He is so overwhelmed with the work that Christ has done. Look here, as I am in Christ, he is pleased with me. I am not walking through this life trying to impress God or anybody else. No, I have already been made worthy through the blood of Christ, and because I'm worthy, I walk. This is the attitude that we are to have. Go to verse number 12, if you would, please. Look at verse number 12. The Bible says, giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers. If you would, mark that word meet in your Bible. And I've written in the center of my Bible, it means to make sufficient. He's made me sufficient. I don't have to try to be sufficient. Look, my walk does not make me sufficient. My walk does not impress God or anybody else. I've already been made sufficient the work of Christ. That is who I am. Listen, it's, it's the attitude, it is the attitude that we must have as it, I am not trying to become, it is God has already made me that. And so I will walk accordingly. Walking worthy does not gain us merit with God. Look, go back to verse number 10. The Bible says that you might walk worthy. Now here's what we do. We take that word worthy and we define it as good enough. That's how we define it, right? That you might walk good enough. Are you walking good enough? Hey, by the way, be honest with yourself. We're worthy police, aren't we? We're worthy police. Are you walking good enough? You walking good enough? 
occasionally, occasionally we'll look in the mirror and we'll say to that person, you walking good enough? We're worthy police. That word worthy does not mean good enough. That word worthy means, watch this, appropriate. It means appropriate. I'll say to my boys on occasion, and they don't get in trouble much. They're very good kids. Their mother's raising them well. <laughs> I'll say to my boys on, on, on occasion, is that behavior appropriate for a Christian young man? I will not say, listen carefully, I will not say, is that behavior good enough? Do you see the difference? Is that behavior good enough for a Christian young man? No, 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 no. It's what you already are. Now that you are that, is that behavior appropriate? You know what God is saying? Walk appropriately. Don't try to walk so that you're good enough. You've already been made good enough. Hey, watch this. Go to verse number 19, please. Go to verse number 19. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell, and having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself by him, I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven, and you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death, watch this, to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. Is there, any, is there any action that I can take in and of my flesh that is ever going to make me holy before God? No, but wait, here's the great thing. I'm already made holy. I'm in, I'm, I'm in Christ and Christ is in me. I have already been made holy. Is there any way that I could ever try to attain to an unreprovable level in God's eyes? Oh, that Dan, he's unreprovable. No, I'm very reprovable. But in Christ, I am unreprovable. I am holy. Now, people say, well, that's great. That's wonderful. I'm in Christ. Christ is in me. I don't have to try to walk a certain way. I don't have to try to, to be a certain thing. I can go live however I want to live. I can let the flesh loose in my life, right? Because I don't have to try to walk worthy. I already am that. No, listen, if that's your thinking, then you need to take a, a serious inventory. Because the true child of God when they, when they understand and when this truth takes hold of their life, it does not, it does not want, make them want to go out and sin more. No, I'll tell you what, what this does for me. This wants to draw me closer and closer to my, to my Lord. This, wants, this makes me want to walk even more worthy, more appropriately, because I know what he has done for me. Let me show you this and we'll be done. Turn to Luke chapter 15, please. This, of course, the story of the prodigal son, Luke 15, verse number 11. Jesus is speaking here, and he said, A certain man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me, and he divided unto them his living. Not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there was a famine in the land, and he began to be in want. 
And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father have bread enough to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father, but when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him, Put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet, and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it, and let us be merry. For my son was dead and is alive, he was lost and is found, and they began to be merry. Young man goes to his father. In the Jewish custom, the inheritance didn't come until the father was dead. The young man says, I want it now. He was saying to his father, I wish you would die. Die so I can have what I, what I want. And his father gives it to him. You know the story. He goes into the far country, spends it all, blows it all on riotous living. The Bible says that a famine in this story that Christ is giving, a famine comes into the land and his money's gone. He joins himself to a citizen of that country and he's feeding the swine. And the Bible says that one day, sitting in all that slop, the young man finally comes to himself and he says, this is below even what my father's servants are living. This way that I'm living, this way that I'm walking as I go through this life, this is below my father's servants. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to rise. I'm going to go to my father and I'm going to say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and in thy sight and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. I can imagine in my, eye, my mind's eye that this young man is traveling back home. If he's anything like me, before you say things to people, before you, before you give a speech to somebody, you rehearse it in your head over and over and over again, right? And as he's traveling back home, he's saying... All right, here's how, I'm, here's how I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it this way. I'm going to say, Father, uh, I've sinned against heaven and, and in thy sight, and, I'm, and I'm, I'm not even worthy to be called your son. I'm not worthy. So please, Father, uh, just make me a servant, please. And he's thinking, surely my father will, will take me back as a, at least a servant. Never a son again. I've forfeited that right, but just, just a servant. And over and over and over again in his mind, he rehearses this, this speech. Father, I've sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. Father, I've sinned against heaven and in thy sight. And he finally gets home, and the father comes running out to meet him. He throws his arms around him. And the young man says, Dad, i got something to say to you. Dad, I've sinned against heaven. And the father says, Go on. And I've sinned in thy sight. Go on. And I'm no more worthy to be called that. Stop. Did you get it? 
He stopped him. He said, I'll, I'll hear about how you've sinned against heaven because, son, you have. I'll hear about how you've sinned against me because you did me wrong, but I will not hear about how you are not worthy to be my son because that is what you always are. You're my son. Father, I'm not worthy. No, 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 no. Look here. The problem is not that I've lived a life so that I'm not worthy to be a child of God. Here's, here's what I need to be worried about. I am a child of God. Come hell or high water, come good days, come bad days. When I'm in his will, when I'm out of his will, I will always and eternally be a child of God. Now I need to get to the business of living appropriately. Because I am his child. Look, this father said, none of this nonsense about you're not worthy to be my son. None of us are worthy of it, but he's already made us that. So now we walk appropriately. I've written this in my Bible. I've asked God to help me with it. Christ has made me worthy through his work on the cross. Now my manner of life should match it. That's it in a nutshell. Christ has made me worthy through his work on the cross. Now my manner of life should match it. Thank you for listening to this message from Tabernacle Baptist Church. We pray that God has used His Word to speak to your heart today. If you'd like to learn more about the ministries of Tabernacle Baptist Church, you can go to our website, tabernaclehickory.org. That is tabernaclehickory.org. There you'll find additional resources that we pray God will use to be a help to you. If the Lord should lead you to partner with us or make a donation online, you'll find a link provided on the website at tabernaclehickory.org. May God bless you and thank you for listening.